the sixth day of the month. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Micah 6, verse 8. Again today, we consider how our response of loving for a loving God shapes our lives and propels us forward in faithful action. The most famous words from Micah at first seem to read like a list of three things. Act justly, love mercy, walk humbly with God. But it is not so. Justice and mercy cannot be separated, at least as God defines them. Justice without mercy is harshly legalistic, even cruel. Mercy without justice sacrifices fairness on the altar of sentimentality. To the question, is God just or is God kind? The only proper answer is both. Furthermore, humility before God consists of imitating this justice mercy of God. Humility is our response to divine love toward us and our witness to the power God's love can release in others. Therefore, what Micah sets forth is one thing, not three. We would probably be happier with three. Then we could keep our little list and check off each item in turn, but it cannot be. Hence, we are constrained to ask, if I seek justice for myself, can I understand when others extend mercy to those who have hurt me? Can I show mercy myself? If I am merciful to others, can I understand why those who have been hurt think I have no concern for fairness? Since God alone knows in what proportions justice and mercy must be mixed in any given instance, can I learn that walking humbly with God not only means that I seek to emulate God, it also means I cannot fully do so, since God alone is the righteous judge. How do I, with my noble aspirations, strive to emulate God and yet confront my limitations of understanding and action? How does all of this relate to Christian teaching about forgiving others in love as a loving God has forgiven us? Opening prayer. Grant to me and to all your people, O God, the gift of walking humbly with you. Give us the wisdom to know how best to temper justice with mercy, to buttress mercy with justice, so that your will may be done on earth as in heaven, through Christ our judge and advocate. Amen. Psalm 82 God calls the judges into his courtroom. He puts all the judges in the dock. Enough! You've corrupted justice long enough. You've let the wicked get away with murder. You're here to defend the defenseless, to make sure that underdogs get a fair break. Your job is to stand up for the powerless and prosecute all those who exploit them. Ignorant judges, head-in-the-sand judges, they haven't a clue to what's going on. And now everything's falling apart, the world's coming unglued. I appointed you judges, each one of you, deputies of the high God. But you've betrayed your commission, and now you're stripped of your rank, busted. Oh God, give them what they've got coming. You've got the whole world in your hands. From the prophet Hosea, chapter 4, verses 11 through 19. Harlotry, wine, and new wine take away the understanding. My people consult their wooden idol, and their diviner's wand informs them, for a spirit of harlotry has led them astray, and they have played the harlot, departing from their God. 
They offer sacrifices on the tops of the mountains and burn incense on the hills under oak, poplar, and terebinth because their shade is pleasant. Therefore, your daughters play the harlot and your brides commit adultery. I will not punish your daughters when they play the harlot or your brides when they commit adultery. For the men themselves go apart with harlots and offer sacrifices with temple prostitutes. So the people without understanding are ruined. Though you, Israel, pray the harlot, do not let Judah become guilty. Also, do not go to Gilgal or to Beth Avon and take the oath as the Lord lives. Since Israel is stubborn like a stubborn heifer, can the Lord now pasture them like a lamb in a large field? Ephraim is joined to idols. Let him alone. Their liquor gone. They played the harlot continually. Their rulers dearly love shame. The wind wraps them in its wings, and they will be ashamed because of their sacrifices. From the book of Acts, chapter 21, verses 37 to the 16th verse of the 22nd chapter. As Paul was brought to the barracks, he said to the commander, May I say something to you? And he said, Do you know Greek? Then you are not the Egyptian who some time ago stirred up a revolt and led the 4,000 men of the assassins out into the wilderness. But Paul said, I am a Jew of Tarsus in Cilicia, a citizen of no insignificant city, and I beg you, allow me to speak to the people. When he given him permission, Paul, standing on the chairs, mentioned to the people with his hand, and when there was a great hush, he spoke to them in the Hebrew dialect, saying, Brethren and fathers, hear my defense, which I now offer to you. And when they heard that he was addressing them in the Hebrew dialect, they became even more quiet, and he said, I am a Jew, born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city, educated under Gamaliel, strictly according to the law of our fathers, being zealous for God, just as you all are today. I persecuted this way to the death, binding and putting both men and women into prisons, as also the high priest and all the council of the elders can testify. From them I also received letters to the brethren, and started off for Damascus, in order to bring even those who were there to Jerusalem as prisoners to be punished. But it happened that as I was on my way, approaching Damascus about noontime, a very bright light suddenly flashed from heaven all around me, and I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I answered, Who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus the Nazarene, whom you are persecuting. And those who were with me saw the light, to be sure, but did not understand the voice of the one who was speaking to me. And I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, Get up and go on into Damascus, and there will you be told of all that has been appointed for you to do. But since I could not see because of the brightness of that light, I was led by the hand by those who were with me and came into Damascus. A certain Ananias, a man who was devout by the standard of the law and well spoken of by all the Jews who lived there, came to me, standing near said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very moment I looked up at him, and he said, The God of our fathers has appointed you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear an utterance from his mouth, for you will be a witness for him to all men of what you have seen and heard. Now why do you delay? Get up and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. From the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 6, verses 12 through 26. 
It was at this time that he went off to the mountain to pray, and he spent the whole night in prayer to God. And when day came, he called his disciples to him and chose twelve of them, whom he also named as apostles, Simon, whom he also named Peter, and Andrew, his brother, and James and John, and Philip and Bartholomew, and Matthew and Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, who is called the Zealot, Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. Jesus came down with them and stood on a level place, and there was a large crowd of his disciples and a great throng of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, and those who were troubled with unclean spirits were being cured. And all the people were trying to touch him, for power was coming from him and healing them all. And turning his gaze toward his disciples, he began to say, Blessed are you who are poor. For yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you and ostracize you and insult you and scorn your name as evil for the sake of the man. Be of glad that in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way their fathers used to treat the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you are receiving your comfort in full. Woe to you who are wed fed now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for their fathers used to treat the false prophets in the same way. These are the readings of the words of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Friday's Prayer On this day, Lord Jesus, The flesh which you took upon yourself for us and for our salvation was hanged by us upon the cross. There you suffered all things and died that we might have life and have it in the abundance of your astounding grace. Blessed are you, Lord Jesus, with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, throughout time and all eternity. Amen. A prayer by Jeanette Struken from her book, Prayers to Pray Without Really Trying. Life is proud and solitary, Lord, yet all men are strung in a common web. My deepest thoughts are silent thoughts. My most solemn moments are unshared. My loneliness is hidden in a mask of activity. My insecurity is carried in a secret pocket. And over all, the great dark wings of death hover overhead, and I am partly spent. Love me, Lord, and all men, as we hover between birth into life and birth into eternity. Amen. A prayer of St. Francis of Assisi. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, it is in dying that we are born to eternal life.